How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey friends, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good friend Jennifer Hootie on the show. Now, Jennifer is the founder of Conscious Copy. She's made millions with written words that sell. She's worked with some of the biggest names in the space like Tony Robbins, Joe Polish, Cameron Harold, JJ Virgin, Eben Pagan, and many others. And she does it all from a place of sincerity and a desire to make the world a better place. You're not going to want to miss this episode. We're going to dig into what copywriting is, why it might be one of the most valuable skills you can ever learn, how Jen got her big break, and one of the best opportunities of her career for getting a C in one of her classes in college, how to become an all-star copywriter, and the importance of having clarity in your vision, whether you're just starting off as an entrepreneur or you're an eight-figure business owner. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com to grab your pre-sale copy of The Shit You Don't Learn in College book open now. It'll be an absolute game changer. Everybody who buys the book during the pre-sale launch will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. So you want to, ever, want to head over to sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to check it out now. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here with Jennifer Hootie. We're, we're on the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast set right now, and I can't wait to dig in uh, with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And I'm do you want excited. me to call you Jennifer or Jen? Because I call you Jen, but a lot of the world calls you Jennifer. Jennifer. All right, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna call you Jennifer. So, uh, Jennifer, you and I were just talking about uh, an interesting story that you had in college. Um, before we get into your background and everything that you do, I'd love for you to share that story about uh, you getting a C in that class and how that affected you. Yeah. So. Um, I went to business school yeah. at, at WP Carey, which is part of Arizona State University. Okay. It's like the biggest party school in the U.S. However, <laughs> I was like the biggest, I was so lame. I was like working on my business. Like, I got shit to do. Yeah. Um, but true story is, um, I think it was my junior year of college. Uh, I was in a management class. And I, I actually really loved the class because the professor weaved a lot of like personal development um, and like leadership lessons yeah. um, in the class. So it was like one of the ones. So that he was, was kind of like, he was kind of teaching you the shit that you don't normally learn in college. Totally, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I would show up to every class like very eager. But 
um, he gave these s stupid Scantron tests. Yeah. And like, I just, I, I haven't, when it comes to test taking, anything that is or isn't like just speaking and riffing, I would just freeze up. Yeah. And yeah, just not do very well. So literally, even though I was attending loved his class, I was still getting a C in his class because I was like not doing well at the yeah. test. And uh, one day out of the blue, I get this uh, email and it's him introducing me to this entrepreneur. And when he, uh, in, in the email, he was like, hey, um, Jen is one of my like brilliant uh, students and I think that she should come and intern for you. She'd be a perfect yeah. match. And I'm and like, like reading this what? email and I'm <laughs> like, mm, I think he got the wrong person because I have a freaking C in this class. Yeah. You know, and I go and I check out, it's like this entrepreneur and his partner, the entrepreneur um, ends up being Harvey McKay, wow. um, which wrote like the New York Times bestselling books with the sharks without being eaten alive. He yeah. built like a multiple hundred million dollar businesses. He's like homies with Larry King and like, um, he's a big deal. He's yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, he really got the wrong person. So the next day I go into class and I was like, Hey, uh, Dr. Nick, I gotta let you know something. Um, I got this email from you and I think that you got me mixed up with someone else. Uh, and he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I have a C in your class, right? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, I know, but you're not set up for school. Like the, yeah. the school isn't designed to make someone like you win. Yeah. Liter like, literally saying like this school was yeah. not made to help you win. Yeah. 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 And so he's like, so I wanted to connect you with these entrepreneurs because I think that they can really teach you what is going to help you, you know, grow the business and, and like, yeah improve your life. And so I was like, okay. So I go and I actually, I end up getting the internship, which I create, I created on my own. They didn't actually have an internship, yeah. but that was one of the many things I did in college. Like any place where I like wanted to learn from a company, I would create, create my own. Position and yeah. And then I would go in and be like, Hey, I would like an internship. And they're like, we don't have one. I was like, great. Well, you I do can, now. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I ended up, my professor ended up helping me negotiate $5,000 a month for huh. this internship over college. And um, one of the amazing things that I got to do was to go around with um, Harvey McKay and, and uh, Greg Hegg, the, the two guys, and they'd go and speak yeah. in different places. And Harvey actually went and spoke at a Brendan Bouchard event. He was the keynote speaker. And um, so he was like, hey, you should go early to the event so that um, you can just learn this yeah. stuff. It's really interesting. I think it'll open up a lot of your world. And I go and I'm like, Oh my God, what, what is this stuff? What is this yeah. stuff? Yeah, there's like people jumping up and down and hugging each other yeah. and like learning about online marketing. And I'm like, this is the shit I gotta know. Yeah. You know, and I remember sitting specifically in, in um, on the left-hand side in the crowd and just like, there was this moment where I had this like shiver go up my spine and I just started tearing up. And I was like, this, this is it. Like, this yeah. is my path. And I ended up, I saw Brennan Bouchard on stage. And You're I was like, like 22 or something I would have been like 19. 19? And wow. I was like, I want to, I want to like know him and I want to be on stage, you know, stages like that. Yeah. 
And so like that pretty much from there, I doubled down on like learning online marketing, starting my own business in college, building it into a six figure business in college chain of events, you know, of, and then literally fast forward, it was like, I think a year and a half or two years. And I was backstage at a Brendan Bouchard event because he's a client. Yeah. Which is wild. That's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I I think this is, well, this is just a really important story for a lot of people because I think um, it it took having somebody, somebody in your life, a mentor in your life, seeing that like this system, the, the, you know, the um, process that everybody else is going through, like it just doesn't work for some people. Yeah. And he gave you an opportunity to showcase yourself and it took you a matter of no time at all to show yourself that you were brilliant, that you were going to have this impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Right. That's amazing. Like what I'm curious, like, do you, what, what in you, or, or cause it was like, you created your own thing. Like what are the, what, what was it in you that really made this happen that I think other people can pay attention to? Mm. Well, what's, what's so fascinating is like, Growing up, I had parents that were super supportive yeah, um, and like taught me fundamentals around like values and hard work and yeah. creative problem solving. But then when I went to college, it really, um, my confidence got hit so hard, like in so many different ways where I was like starting to question myself. Um, like, you know, I'm not smart. I can't figure this shit out. Um, be, like being in a sorority and that. that yeah. All the social, all the social stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't think I'm, you know, yeah. as smart as I, I think I am. But th- I think one of the key things is because I didn't have like the, the school smarts, mm-hmm. I'd always like one, work harder and two, be creative. Figure out a different way. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I know that like if I want to get an internship, I'm probably not going to get it if I'm applying with like hundreds of other kids and my like, GPA, my GPA on the resume yeah, and like all that sort to of to like stuff. PepsiCo, yeah. you know, which is like at the college I was, it was like all of these big companies, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't want to do that. I was yeah. like, that didn't appeal to me. So I would just think like, okay, what, what would be like a creative way to mm. like get the person's attention that I, yeah. I want to get and so like even for example another company that I really wanted to work for was um Colby Corp um and then Strategic Coach yeah uh and so one summer I was like these are the two places I want to work I saw that neither one of them had internships so I drafted up like hey here are the five ways in which I think that I could help your company and let me give a couple of these a go for free and if you think that it's beneficial and helpful, then hire me on as an intern. Yeah. Um, and then I found like different ways where I could, uh, you know, find people who knew people that were in the company and connect me. So I was just like hungry and like ruthless. Like I yeah. didn't care. You're willing to go do it though and willing to make something happen. I think, yeah. I think that's something though for a lot of, uh, a lot of people that are out there that want more, they know that they need mentorship. They know that they need some form of of coaching maybe right I, I always tell people right it's like one of my first pieces of mentorship i was ever given was you know xander if you find if you figure out what you want to do go find people who have done that mm-hmm. and go learn from them and do whatever it takes to go learn from them yeah right and then i was always like well why does our school system you know when we're going through the school system we're learning from professors but most of us don't want to be professors totally so why are we learning from professors Right. And I think what you did is you just bypassed that and you went straight to the, straight to the source. You went and 
you know, started getting Brendan Burchard as a client, getting a, a, a internship at Strategic Coach, like all these companies, because mm-hmm. you just force yourself there into a learning position. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I was just like, I was so attracted to like the entrepreneurial yeah. leaders. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, as much in being in proximity as much as possible. And I think another key thing, um, I think it's like, there's a quote, and be so lame here and who, who is it? It's like, if you help enough people get to where yeah. they want to go, you're going to get to where you want to go. It's probably Jim Rohn. Yeah, Jim Every, Rohn. Everything's yeah. from Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, well, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, but I really, I feel like that that's such a key thing. And especially starting out, um, there was a thought that I had early on that I, I thought like, well, who's going to take me seriously by being younger especially when I was in college and I started going to different like personal development seminars yeah. and stuff, there was a belief like, Oh, I'm too young. Yeah. People won't take me seriously. Um, yeah, I'm a woman, like all those yeah. things. And I remember that there was this one older, uh, woman who looked at me and she was like, what if that was your competitive advantage? Yep. And I was like, Oh snap. Like, Didn't think about that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds perfect. I want to take on that belief. And so in addition to, you know, people like wanting to mentor younger, um, people, I also was like, okay, how can I help like get really clear? What do they need the most help with in their life? And how can I just figure it out? Even if I don't know how to do it. And that was like a big thing, even in internships, like I didn't know online marketing yet. I didn't Mm -hmm. know Infusionsoft, but like I figured out how to do Infusionsoft shit because that's what they needed. And I didn't care that I didn't know how to do it, but I was going to help them with whatever. Figure it out and make it happen. So I, I think that's another, you, you just said something that I, I don't want to gloss over because I think it's really important for, for everybody listening. And then I kind of want to get into actually what you do with conscious copy and all these people that you've been able to help. Um, but you said, I want to take on that belief. Mm. Let's talk, let's talk about that for a second. Cause mm. I think that's really important. I, you know, one of the things that we talk about at shit you don't learn in college is that we choose our beliefs, mm-hmm. right? And beliefs are not necessarily true. In fact, most of them are lies. Mm-hmm. Right. And whether like we could, we could all be living in, you know, like Elon Musk says a virtual reality and none of this whole thing is true. Right. So all of our so beliefs, tricky. all of our beliefs could be a lie. Yeah. Right. Um, but we can actually choose the beliefs that we want to take on. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to me about that? Cause that was clearly something that you, you just do. Right. Just tell me a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. So gosh, I remember, uh, my, like growing up, um, my dad ended up getting into Brian Tracy, uh-huh. like when I was a young kid. Wow. And so every summer when we would drive from Saskatchewan, Canada to Colorado, we would listen to the psychology of achievement. Wow. Do you know how long the psychology of achievement is? Uh, apparently, you know, 22 hours. <laughs> <laughs> like. And like as a kid, like I, I, I was like not interested in that at all. Right? But clearly and, something stuck. Totally. And um, so much of it though was around um, self-image. Mm-hmm. And like in, in the audio, he literally has you repeat like, I like myself. I like myself and like shit like that. And, um, but my, my dad always used to like, anytime I would say something like, oh, I can't do that. Or like, that's too hard. Or like, I'm not smart enough. My dad would like catch me yeah. and be like, tell yourself something seven times or more. And you start to believe it. So like, uh, be careful, be careful what, what you're say. saying and be careful what you're thinking, Jen. And 
honestly, like early on, I was just like, okay, dad, like yeah. whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I was about like 18 where I went through a really, really hard breakup that I was, I started to get more curious about this stuff Yeah. and really <sighs> saw how, um, there were certain beliefs that I had taken on that weren't serving me. Yeah. And so it was simply like recognizing, okay, yeah, if I can change this, like I want to become a, like really observant of all of these thoughts and all of these parts are in my mind. And like, I literally think of them as like little characters yeah. where I can like catch them yeah, and, and really see like, do like, I do want you, you? Do you belong in this show? Yeah. Yeah. Or do you need to get out? Yeah. yeah. Do I want you as a roommate in there? Yeah. Like, and if so, huh. either I, I think of it as they either become, uh, they're either out or they get a promotion. And what's yeah. the promotion going to be that is going to actually serve yeah, me and like this community, of the, this, this brain community, yeah, the organization that is your brain. Yeah. yeah. It's like all these characters in my mind at like a boardroom I, I table. I love that. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's like, it's literally like who's going to sit at the head of the table yeah. who needs to leave the room right now. Yeah. Right. Or who needs a little attitude check. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But that's, that's for me, it's been like a, like. I think that's going to be a lifelong process. You know, it's like, it's the yeah. simplest thing. Like uh, one of my mentors says, notice what you're noticing is like the very first step in any sort of transformation. Yeah. Because if we don't have awareness of what we're actually thinking and the beliefs that are running us, um, conscious or unconscious, if they're unconscious, we can't really do anything yep. about them. But as soon as they rise up, it's like, that's actually really good news. Pay attention. Yeah. I love that. I look at it. It's like, oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So. There's there's a lot to unpack there, but we're gonna we're gonna keep moving forward. Um, so obviously, uh, you know now you have uh, an amazing copy and vision oriented company, mm -hmm. uh, Conscious Copy, and you've worked with you know some of the top entrepreneurs in the world. And you already mentioned like Strategic Coach. Uh, last time I talked to you, you were just getting done with a day with Tony Robbins, like JJ Virgin, Joe Polish, all of those guys. Mm -hmm. um, so I do want to dig a bit into copy because I think, you know, for, for all of our audience, you know, at Shit You Don't Learn in College, we talk about building lives with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, right? Mm -hmm. So the meaning and freedom is incredibly important, but we all know that, you know, being able to make some money is an important part of this as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd love to dig into conscious copy. What's the purpose of it and how'd you guys get started? And obviously, what are you guys doing now? Mm-hmm. So I, I started Conscious Copy about four months after I graduated college. Yeah. Uh, when I was in college and like... This is, this is from the girl who was too young to be doing, <laughs> doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, so when I was in college, I started um, a business that was in the fitness space originally. And it was helping millennial women uh, get fit. Because yeah. I was I was a group fitness instructor and personal trainer when I was in college and uh, got this idea of like, oh, I should build an online course. Yeah. Everybody's building an online course. You just got to put it online on the internet and then people will and find it. And then all of a sudden people it, will buy it. And yeah. then I become a millionaire. That's it works. It works that way, right? Yeah. It's yeah like, that's exactly that's, how it that's works. That's pretty much, pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my ass whooped with that belief, right? So I built this online course like got the fancy videos and uh or made fancy videos and pdfs and like a logo that was yeah. like so great and how much then, time did you spend on that logo oh my god i spent like 
I mean, I saved up a lot of money, and then I'd probably drop like two grand on the logo. On, oh my god! On the logo, because you gotta have a good logo. You guys, that's where that's where it all comes from. Two grand yeah. on the logo. Yeah, don't make that mistake. <laughs> so then, um, it's like I spent like six months um, building this course. I am feeling a lot of pressure because I want to make sure that I build my business to like fully sustain uh, me right. as I'm graduating. Um, cause I didn't want to go and get a job yep. and, uh, it's like a week before I think, okay, I'm going to launch this course. And I was like, Oh, who am I gonna like market it to? Yeah. And I hadn't done like any content promotion, like didn't fully, like, like I had a handful of people on my email list and my marketing was an afterthought. And so I like launch yeah. the course to pretty much nobody. Yep. Um, and there was like a couple sales that trickled in over the week, which were people that were like in my group fitness classes. Yeah, they were already yeah. your clients. They already knew and loved you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so bummed and I was like, okay, what the hell? Um, what was it? Maybe it was the course. Maybe it was the yeah. logo. The course wasn't good enough. The logo was yeah. the wrong color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally like the thoughts that started going <clears> in my head. And I was considering like starting over with yeah. the course. And uh, out of the blue, I found this podcast. And there was like two hosts kind of talking like this. And they were talking about this concept of direct response marketing. Yeah. And how if the most important to being able to sell your stuff online is this term copywriting. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? What is that? Turns out it's written words that sell. I was like, okay. And so from there, it was like this huge light bulb moment that went off for me. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn copywriting. Yeah. This is, this is the skill that I need. Yep. So I like doubled down. You you weren't taught copywriting in college? No, it turns out like, I literally, a copywriting, I was like, like the legal term, like, <laughs> you know, like a copy machine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so from there, I, I like, I st- by the way, now that you mentioned that, I still remember when I first quit my corporate job and like the first mastermind was, I was a part of it. And anyone was talking about like copywriting this and copywriting that. And I was just like, what the hell is everybody talking yeah. about? Like, what is this? I don't understand. And then they started, I was like, oh, I get it. It's like persuasive like words yeah that's all it is salesmanship and print yeah salesmanship yeah. and print perfect yeah yeah it's but it's like not common in like you yeah. know most industries too mind-blowing so i like go and get courses and books um and i start learning this skill um and i start sending content building my email list i would put a little opt-in page yeah. outside of all of my um fitness classes and have people opt in on their way out nice and i had built my email list up to about 300 people and i take all the skills that i learn and i queued up a couple of emails to do my my next go with this push launch. yeah and i'll never forget that day i was like sitting on my bed um opening I like have my inbox open and I just see all of these receipts yeah. coming in and my goal is 30 people I sold 30 people in less than 48 hours from wow. two emails at $147 and so I made my first $4,410 wow and I was like this what just happened like it, it was such an affirmation that I was on the right track yeah 
And so then in college, I continued to uh, build my business, learn about coffee, um, really enjoyed it. But it was so weird too. Another belief I had to overcome is I'm dyslexic. And so like, I literally can't really? spell, like, I'm not like heavily dyslexic, but you see my spelling, you even see my emails and it's hilarious. To uh, this this makes me feel better because I have horrendous grammar. Yeah. So if you're like the queen of copy <laughs> and I have horrendous grammar and you're dyslexic, that just makes me feel great. So it's, so it's, it literally is like the biggest cosmic joke. I, I get, <laughs> I get emails from people that are like, literally people that are upset on our email list that are just like, um, you spelt this wrong and yeah. this shouldn't be a comma here. And you used van inappropriately. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the grammar police. I know. I, I'm like, but did I you, get it. but did you buy? And yeah. Like, yes, I did. But, but I just wanted to let you know. Yes. It's like, great. Yeah. So one of my first like hires was an editor. Oh, that's right. Um, I should probably do that. <laughs> it's fine. I, so, um, one of my clients, this is a side note, but, uh, you know him, but I'm not going to reference his name right now here, but like has built multiple hundred million dollar businesses and is like a marketing savant and uh i was helping him with some copy this is several years ago and he like sent me a first draft of an email and it literally started hay spelled h-a-y <laughs> like hay is for horses and i was like damn okay if if he did what he did and he's still spelling hay oh that makes me horses, so happy it's like such a permission slip. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, so you're, you're getting into copy and you're dyslexic. Uh -huh. So obviously there's beliefs that you have to face around that. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was just this point where I was like, okay. Um, well, well, as I was learning it, I realized it was more about persuasion, yeah. but I was like, if I want to get the result I want, I got to learn this thing. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I just, there, there was this point where I was like, it's more important for me to figure out this skill than hang on to hang on to this belief that I have. Yeah. Um, and so there was a point where I had dialed in some Facebook ads for this specific funnel and my Facebook ads agency reached out to me and they were like, Hey, can you teach, uh, like a mini webinar for the rest of our clients on oh. what it is that you're doing, uh, with your copy and your funnel? Because you're getting some of the best results that we're seeing from all of our clients. And wow. like, this is a challenge that most of them have. And so I ended up doing this webinar and like, I don't know, like 10 or 15 minutes before the webinar, the, the founder is like, Hey, do you want to like make an offer? Like help some <laughs> of these people. And I was yeah. like, sure. I don't know. Sh sure. Yeah. And he, I was like, how much should I charge? Like $500 for a day. And he's like, no, charge like 2000. I was like, <gasps> I can do that. Yeah. That's, like, oh is that God. illegal? I know. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Okay. And so I like sh just open up my entire funnel, literally show them every single email, send them the swipes. And then I was like, and if you want help with this, like I can help you, but honestly, like I gave you everything you can do this on your own. Um, <laughs> so, so salesmanship over <laughs> written word. Good. Yeah. Over yeah. audio, maybe yeah. a little bit of work. Totally. Yeah. And, um, he, yeah. So then I ended up having four people sign up. Yeah. So it was like four people, two grand, eight grand. And I was like, for oh, one snap. day. Yeah. One day each. Yeah. And I ended up loving it. And, yeah. and, and that's when I was like, Oh my God, it's a possibility to make money doing this. So I started doing more and more of it. And there was this like pivotal point at this point I had graduated college and, um, there was this point 
where I was like, I don't want to be known as a fitness girl. I didn't want that identity. And I was not starting to enjoy that business so much because for even me, I always looked at fitness as my outlet. Um, and it started to become like this job. The the identity. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there was, yeah, about four months in to kind of doing copy work on the side, Cameron Harold, uh, reached out to me and, and we'd like met at, um, a mastermind and Cameron's known as like one of the top coaches to CEOs. Yeah. And he was like, have you ever tried to shit on two toilets at once? (laughs) And I was like, no. And he's like, well, if you do, it gets messy. So he's like, pick one of these. That's an even better analogy than I normally use. I really like that. Yeah. I normally go for the, have you ever tried to ride two horses at once? Mm, yeah. But I, I like the idea yeah. of trying to shit in two toilets at yeah. once. That's good. Gets messy. Yeah. yeah. So that was advice that I was like, okay, I'm going to double down yeah. on copy. And and then the the kind of like final piece in, in claiming, okay, I'm doubling down on conscious copy being my business a wild synchronistic chain of events had me meet uh, Joe Polish, mm-hmm. which is like a whole nother really cool yeah. story. Um, and when I had met him, he learned that I was a copywriter and he was like, if you want to write the ticket to your own future, double down on this skill, like yeah. get so good at this skill. I guarantee that any business, any idea that you ever want to start you'll be successful because this is the most important thing that you can learn. Yeah. And I'll never forget that conversation because I was kind of like, okay, this is like my thing for right now. But I was like, got it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. This is the skill that's necessary to be successful in that. Yeah. Yeah. So So for anybody listening, I want, I want everybody to be paying attention right now, right? No matter what you end up doing in your life, make sure this is a skill that you're building because it'll be hard to be Mm -hmm. successful and make money doing it. Mm-hmm. without learning how to be a copywriter mm-hmm. yeah because as a result like of learning copy you're mm-hmm. also going to be like it, it's salesmanship and print yeah and so i think like the two most important skills from my perspective it's like literally learning like face-to-face sales yep. high-end sales and copy because yep. then copy is time management marketing you leverage your time and your money by now knowing how to sell stuff online that you don't have to be there for. You put it together once, yeah, and then it can keep doing the work. More eyeballs hit it, mm-hmm. more sales come through. Yeah, yeah, but it's hard. Oh yeah, it's hard as shit. It's still hard for me, yeah. you know. Um, but it's such. It, well, like, I think that's human psychology. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second because I think there's a lot of people out there that have heard about copywriting or they want to get more into copywriting, mm-hmm. right? And and one thing that I always tell people, it's like getting like having having solid copy like really strong copy and really strong marketing and messaging is like trying to hit a bullseye with a bow and arrow while you're on the back of a horse backwards <laughs> while the bullseye is also on a horse, <laughs> right? Because everything is moving, Yeah. right? The, the industry is moving. Your, your audience's consciousness is moving. The, the competitive offers in the space are moving. Everything's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And so what worked six months ago or 12 months ago might not necessarily work today Yeah. because it's all about, you know, connecting to people's thoughts, emotions, beliefs, desires, right. Which are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you could be really good at copy last year and not be great at it this year. If you don't keep working on it. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that? Totally. Yeah. I got the best at copy because again, one of my mentors said, sit down and, and like study sales copy every day. 
and write it by hand. Yeah. Um, study, write it by hand, and then practice on your own. I committed for 90 days and like how good I got at copying those 90 days was mind blowing. But then so, it's like, so you would, you would find, I think this is a really important exercise for anybody who's mm -hmm. interested. You would go find maybe like a sales page or a sales letter that you knew did really well mm -hmm. and you would just write it out by hand. Yeah. Is there I a had, reason why, I had a, why hand? I had a mentor who actually sent me like, he knew some of like the top performing, um, sales material. And so I would write it by hand because it was like really making the connection of, you know, it's like one thing to read, but sitting there writing it, really studying it, of understanding what it is, what, why it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then from there, actually then going and starting to practice writing my own copy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, that was probably like my biggest growth spurt. But then like as, you know, fast forward several years and as I started to build my company and build a team, be a CEO, I'm like not writing copy as much. I, I still can tell like where and I'm like rusty yeah. if I haven't been writing in a long time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What else, what else did you do? I'm so fascinated by this. What else did you do to become so good at copy? Obviously there was practicing by writing. Did mm. you, did you study any other people? Were there any specific books maybe? Um, there's a few, books. clearly this was not something that you learned at ASU. <laughs> totally. So, uh, one of the, the best things that I did was learn from a lot of like the OGs. Yeah. So, um, like David Ogilvy, I was gonna say Ogilvy. um, Gary Halbert, Halbert. um, uh, even like John Carlton, mm -hmm. who's, you know, still a copywriter that's around today. Um, uh, Eugene Schwartz, yeah. Breakthrough Advertising, like really studying those <laughs> old school books because they're, it's kind of like studying like old school spiritual texts. Like yeah. there's just so, you can like feel they how got it right. it is. They got it right. It's just, yeah. you need to be able to go through that and internalize it. Mm -hmm. And like really study it. Um, another one was really studying like human psychology yeah. books. So the more that I understood around like people's patterns, the subconscious, what yeah. gets people to like make decisions versus not make decisions. Um, and then books and then mentors, like yeah. having, having, um, people who would critique my copy, even if it was really hard, very, very to specific hear. feedback that you were getting. Yeah. Like I'll never forget. I had this one call with, um, it's like this legendary copywriter in the space. His name's Paris. Lalen Propolis. Yeah. Um, he was one of the top writers for Agora. Oh, wow. And has written like generated hundreds of millions of dollars from his copy. And so I had a chance for me to share my copy with him and, and he reviewed it and just like picked it apart. But like just getting his eyes on that and understanding why it didn't work or what he would what was missing, was how he could make that, it stronger. Yeah, I use to this day. Yeah. So that's even why, like, one of our programs that we have now, Conscious Copy, is um, having top copywriters review. Yeah. Copy, because even for myself, like, my copywriters still review my copy and, like, yeah. pick it apart. Oh, I love that. And that's, I think that's so crucial because so many of us are afraid to get feedback on our stuff mm -hmm. because, you know, it's the fear of, like, oh, I'm not good enough if, if I did something wrong rather than, like, the growth mindset of, like, Oh, I need to work on this. Thanks for the feedback. Mm -hmm. I would love to to keep working on this. This is great. Totally. Right. Um, yeah. So something that you said about copy, and I want to address this with everybody because 
Um, I think I think sales salesmanship and copywriting can both get bad names, mm-hmm. right? So you mentioned the word persuasion, mm-hmm. right? And you mentioned you know, understanding human psychology, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people may have some form of negative connotation around that, right? Like oh, like you know, copywriters and salesmen are you know trying to manipulate us and and get us to mm-hmm. do what they, you know their magic words to get us to do what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know you and I know your fiance Alex and you're, you're two of the most heart-centered people in the world. Obviously your company's conscious copy. Mm-hmm. Um, like not unconscious copy. Not unconscious <laughs> copy, not manipulating copy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me tell me about like how that kind of plays out for you. The the mm-hmm. consciousness and the purpose behind doing something that a lot of people might say is negative or manipulative or anything like that. Like, what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the truth is there is a whole lot of people online, like trying to manipulate us. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to like pretend that that's not there. That's so there. And I think that's why so many of us um, will even like stray away from sales and copy. Like even for myself, I had to get through a lot of resistance at the idea yeah. of like learning uh, um, phone sales yeah. and copy because I was so afraid of coming across as salesy. Somebody judging or you or criticizing you for being, yeah. Or like people thinking that I just like want their money. And so there was a couple really key upgrades yeah. in my beliefs that I got to make. Um, number one, the distinction between copy and conscious copy. So... Copy is written words that sell. Conscious copy and like our why and our whole mission around our company is, or the definition is written words that sell with integrity and authenticity. Mm, I love it. And one, we have key beliefs that we not only lead with, but we also teach our clients. One is the commitment to leave people better than when we found them. Yeah. So it's like whether people, whether someone buys or doesn't buy, that we leave, we left them better. Um, the second, I think really important belief to understand around sales, in my opinion is, or in copy is, uh, helping the person come to the best decision for them. Mm-hmm. That should be the goal. Like the goal actually shouldn't be a yes. A sale. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm sure you've experienced this and myself too. Like I've sometimes had sales and then people become a huge pain in the ass and I wish they said no. Yeah. Um, so and, being willing to take that person and say, hey, this is not the best for you. Right. Like, you should go this direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like being willing to say no to clients, but then also being willing to, like, stand for them yeah. uh, when you can tell that it's, like, an old part of them or the smaller part of them that's saying no when really in their bigness they do want to yeah. step into it. So that's something that's always been helpful for me even when I make offers at our events and workshops. I'm like, hey, at the end of the day, my commitment is that you make a decision. Mm-hmm. Like let your yes be yes, your no be you know, no, but you know. no. And be okay with it either way. Yeah, but like no in between. And I want you to make the best decision for you and your future. Yeah. So um, that's always been like a really helpful reframe. For yeah, me. I think I think that's so important because I think in the end, in the end, if you know that what you're doing is good for this world, right, mm-hmm. you can feel confident that you know, helping people motivate themselves into action mm-hmm. is going to be the right thing. And whether that's working with you or not working with you, at least you've motivated them into action. Mm-hmm. And that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's like another piece that I almost felt like it was like 
obvious to us, but I think worth bringing up. It's like actually selling stuff that helps people. Yeah. Like it's one of our number one criteria. Like yeah, that poverty. should be, that should be obvious, but yeah. sometimes it's not that obvious. Totally. Yeah. And like we've, uh, I think given our name, we haven't had many people reach out right. to us that are, you know, trying to sell shit that doesn't help people. Um, but I've definitely turned down clients where I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry, but like, I just, I don't believe in what it is yeah. that you're selling and therefore I can't. It's hard for me to sell something that I don't believe in. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and that's, I think a, a whole nother piece too of like, whatever it is that you're selling. Um, the first person that we got to learn how to sell is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like really being like, yeah, this can really, really help people. Like I know with your offers, with my offers, like I've seen the difference in the impact and the transformation that they make in people. Therefore I do feel more confident leaning in and saying like, yeah, like, like you, you gotta, you, you gotta, gotta do, do this. this. You yeah. This. If you want it, like, yeah, it's going to help you. Oh, I love that. So, so copywriting, obviously a major, major part of your success. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one thing, uh, that has also been, you know, critical to your success is the ability to create clarity of vision. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to talk about that with you for a second, because I think this is something that you do, uh, possibly better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, so talk to me about, you know, how you help people create vision. Cause I think it's very hard to be successful in anything that you do. If you don't know your vision, where you're going, what you're heading for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, I feel like the last year I've gone through this like really cool, even just like up level. Mm-hmm in in both like my business and myself um it's been it's been percolating for the last like five years or so um but back when i started conscious copy we primarily focused on like direct response copy yeah. we would write for these like really big names as an agency and uh one of our clients for the direct response was a guy named cameron harold mm -hmm. and known as one of the top coaches to ceos help build um 1-800 got junk yeah. which is like a really a company that has a lot of accolades for like their company culture number two company culture like in top, canada. top in canada yeah, yeah being featured in oprah harvard business review all this stuff and so when he was a client about five years ago um he came to me and he was like hey i have this process called a vivid vision mm -hmm. and <clears throat> essentially what it is is um for your company, you paint the picture of exactly what you want your company to look like three years into the future as if it's already happened. Yeah. And he said, uh, like a lot of my CEO clients, they know that they need to do this. They have the vision in their mind, but they can't translate it into like any sort of document, yeah. writing Something it that can be, be uh, duplicated, given to other people. Yeah. And like the benefit of having this, so when you actually write it out, it's a couple pages, it's beautifully designed, then it's like the heartbeat of the business. It's like the visionary's vision in a document that's consistent, yeah. that then can be handed to the rest of the team and uh, recruit top talent yeah. and align uh, the leader in the company as they scale up and uh, vendors Helps make partners. decisions, helps... All yes or no's of who should be part of that culture, who shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. So it's like so all of these things. And, and he's like, but my clients struggle with being able to communicate it. You and your team already write copy. What do you think about helping that, you know, these, translate to a, to yeah. a vivid vision. And there was this light bulb that moment that went off for me where I was like, Oh, well a vivid vision is kind of just like a sales page for your future. Yeah. So we can do that. We, we, <laughs> we sell, 
we, yeah. you know, sell people's products. This is like selling a vision. I want to sell you on this vision of your future. Yeah. 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 So, uh, we started at my company, we started helping, um, founders, CEOs in helping create their vision. Uh, and that was kind of, that, that was like the first step in it making visible. But if I reflected on my whole life, I realized like how much my life was guided by vision Yeah. where even when I was young, like I would just get caught up in my own imagination of like the dreams day, that I had for dreams, my life. Daydreamings, daydreamings yeah. of what come, what was coming up. Yeah. I had I had a buddy who's a copywriter. Do you know Sean Kemp by any chance? Yeah. yeah. So Sean's one of my best friends, and Sean always him and I always kind of go back and forth. He's like, man, I know you're a big fan of like visualizations and affirmations, but I never do that shit, and I'm really successful, <laughs> right? He didn't say it like that. That that made him sound really bad. <laughs> but um, you know, he's like, I've never done them before. I was like, yeah, but Sean, you daydream constantly. He goes. Mm. Yeah, I do. And I was like, you, do you feel like you live in those daydreams? He's like, oh yeah, I'm in them. Mm -hmm. Like you're visualizing. Yeah. Like every day. Yeah. Just like daydreaming constantly. Yeah. yeah it's the same thing it's that you amazing. were doing as a kid. Yeah. 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 And it's like one of our, there, there's like mental faculties that we have. So similar to our five senses, mm -hmm. smell, taste, touch, or Bob Proctor stuff. Yeah. And if you're, yeah. yeah. It's like imagination is something that we all have, but either we're channeling it in the way that we want of channeling a future that we want and imagining ourselves in that or channeling it through like worst case scenario things. Yeah. Either way, you're bringing it into your world. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, I had kind of been like doing it and like in, in vision work, um, for most of my life. Um, but that was kind of the moment where I was like, Oh, I can kind of do this within my business. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And, so fast forward the last five years and we're coming up on helping over 500 companies. Wow. Um, and every, everything from like startup companies to publicly traded companies to one of the top AI companies yeah. in the world. And what are, when you do this with companies, obviously, cause I, I know this stuff cause I've, I've been following Cameron Harold for a while and I've been doing this stuff on my own, which mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Like you're helping all these people do it. What do you notice happens within these companies, maybe mm. like like tactically or, or concretely once you start to do this? Like what are some mm. of the things that happens? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the first thing that happens, it, it stems with the founder or the CEO. Yeah. Right? Because I actually, um, I believe that the number one responsibility to any founder CEO, whether you are like a, a, a team of one yeah. right now or a team of 10 or 100, one of your number one responsibilities is being the vision holder. Yeah. And if it's just living in your mind, it can feel very scattered and it can change. And it's like the moving target. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, you know, having an idea that you want to go on a cross country trip, but not really deciding exactly not where it down, you want to go. Not writing it down, not figuring out where. Yeah. And so it's kind of like at this Airbnbs wishy washy. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and being in a lot of like indecision. But then even if you do have clarity, um, the biggest um, benefit that I've seen to the founders is oftentimes you can feel so misunderstood with the vision where you can see it so clearly, but yeah. like nobody else can. And it can feel really frustrating because then you feel like you're caught in the weeds. You got to <clears throat> micromanage the team. Wondering why people aren't doing the things you want them to yeah, do. They don't get it. All these things. But oftentimes that boils down to lack of clarity and communication of the vision. Yeah. So when there's something that is like tangibly documented, um, the benefit for the rest of the team, like I literally just got off um, a call with a team member where we just helped the founder um, and their company create a vivid vision. 
And she's like, I use this every day in like my decision making. Mm -hmm. And she leads a team where they've had to make a bunch of hires this last quarter. And she's like, I use this for recruiting. So yeah. literally having our top hires read this and tell it like by seeing their reaction to it. You can tell if they're aligned or you can yeah. tell if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then also in her quarterly planning and her yearly planning, being able to make decisions. And it's like now she gets to take on the mindset in a way of the visionary without having to go and have a conversation yeah. with him because she knows exactly where he's at. That's amazing. So that clarity really just helps you with everything. It helps you be decisive, helps mm -hmm. you bring the right people on board. It helps you with everything in that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. So if you don't have clarity around that, like yeah. get working on it. Work. I love that. Yeah. And I really see it like my mind kind of works in models. So I see, you know, with every company, it's like the clarity and communication of the vision. And then the clarity and the communication of the message, which yeah. is the copy. And like when you have those two things like really dialed in, then and you're clear internally and externally, like that's when you build a really freaking powerful brand um, with solid values that people can really rally around yeah. and are inspired to take action. It's from. so it's so interesting what you said too, because it sounds like both of those are actually sales copy. Mm -hmm. One is sales copy to your future clientele and one is sales copy to yourself, your team and your future team members. Mm -hmm. And really it just comes back to that clarity of communication. So that skill set that Joel Pol Joe Polish said, you know, years ago, it's like it's serving everything. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, wild. <laughs> so I, I want to talk, we're, we're getting up on time here and I do want to talk a little bit about you uh, and, and your habits because you and Alex, like you guys are the king and queen of of you know healthy habits and and all these things to help you guys be productive and, and have great energy um i just want to know is there something maybe something that you do that most people don't do or that you might consider weird that allows you to be successful that other people don't do well i've had things reflective back to me i don't think yeah. that they're weird because i do <laughs> So, so, so if somebody's told you that it's yeah. weird or different, tell me those. Um, something that I've gotten, um, before is my consistency and my rituals. Yeah. So I have a process that I've been doing for the last six years and nine months. Every the fact that you know the amount of months <laughs> says something about this. Yes. So it's, a. Uh, I've changed the names over the times. It's my Sunday ritual. Yeah. So every single Sunday uh, for the last six years and nine months, I sit down and uh, I really reflect on my week. Mm -hmm. And it's not like something that's, it's not a new concept. Yeah. Um, but I think I've missed now probably about 12 Sundays over the last, that period of time. Yeah. And it's like the most important thing that I could do every single week. Yeah. And so I just feel I'm a very disciplined with it because mm -hmm. I see how much value, how much it helps I get from it. Um, what do you do during that reflection process? Three things. Okay. Number one, um, I first start with, uh, a positive focus, which is a concept that I learned from Deanne Sullivan as mm -hmm. strategic coach. Uh, so I write down 10 things of like that were either positives or wins or gratitudes from the week. And it was like what it was, why it was a mm -hmm. win, what's further action I can take on it, and what's the next step I can take. Mm -hmm. 
So I do that every week. Even if I have a shit week, you find I them. commit to writing down 10. Yeah. Um, the second thing I do is I uh, do a scorecard on myself. Ah. So there's 11 different areas that I score myself on. And it's not like what I did, but it's more so how I felt like I showed how up. How I showed up. Yeah. Yeah, which is a super important <clears throat> distinction. So, you know, in the areas of like my health, my my romantic life with my fiance, um, my friendships, my family, my business, yeah. my finances, my mission, my hobby, my giving forward, my spirituality, my emotions. And then sometimes I'll put in specific what like areas that I'm really working on. For that period of mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And it's like on a scale of one to ten, one being shit, ten being amazing. How did I feel like I showed up this week given like the the reality of my week? Yeah. Um and then I, I journal on each area of like yeah. what worked, what didn't work. Um, a little critical thinking on mm -hmm. like that specific area, why it is the way yeah. that it is and maybe how you can do, be, do better. Yep. And then, and then I write down what my, if imagining that it's the following Sunday mm -hmm. and I got to rate myself a 10 in that area, what would that look like? Got it. How how did I show up over the course so we can actually write out the vision for that yeah. week as if it's already happened? Uh, that's really interesting because I think for a lot of people, uh, I've noticed that reflecting is really difficult for a lot of people. Looking back mm -hmm. and admitting maybe where you didn't show up the the level that you wanted to show up, where mm -hmm. you didn't where you didn't own your relationships or your health or you an area of your business that you needed to to take more action and whatever it might be. That's really difficult for a lot of people to look back and be like, damn. Like, yeah, my business was a, was a nine, but my relationship with my wife was a two. Totally. Like, and I know that I can be better there. And that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It's confronting. Yeah. It but it's also really important. Totally. And it was super confronting for me too. Uh, when I started, mm -hmm. like really confronting. And I even remember like, um, when I, back when I was in like college, I would, um, commit and back in college, I've been doing this. I don't know how many years now that would be maybe like eight or something <laughs> where um every month I sit down and I I have a financial date with myself yeah. and every week I have what I call or that I learned from a mentor called financial yoga yeah and I remember I used to like sit down and do my finances and I would like get into sweats and like break out and like feel so uncomfortable because I just like I don't know. There was something about like looking, looking at, my at your numbers and looking. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But I, then what I did is I was like, okay, well then I'm going to take myself out for like a nice cup of coffee and like in a beautiful space. And like, how can I learn to enjoy this? And yeah. now it's like one of my favorite meetings that yeah. I do with myself every month. And I, the same thing goes with the Sunday one. It's like at first it can feel confronting if there's shit that you don't want to look at that you're faced to look at. But I think over time you then build this muscle of, just being honest, like compassionately honest yeah. with yourself and, and then making the corrections, knowing that we're like human. It's so funny that you brought up the connection to like your finances. Cause I've noticed that before too, for myself and for a lot of our clients, anybody who wants to make more money, uh, we had a, uh, we had a financial, um, a wealth advisor who, who, you know, advises for, you know, billion dollar, uh, mm. um, you know, people and families and one of the first things he said is, you know, one of the biggest problems with people who want to make more money is they're not even willing to look at their money. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you totally. ever supposed to make more money if you're not even willing to just look at your finances and get real about where you are, mm -hmm. right? 
same thing about anything in your life. Like, how are you going to try and fix your relationship if you're not willing to just be honest and look at where you are? Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. So that's, that's the second thing is your scorecard. What's yes. the third thing? The third one is then really setting up my week. Yeah. So I, I look at okay, what are my top three results that mm-hmm. I'm committed to creating for the week. And then I, t- and my intention I usually choose like one intention word of how I want to show up for the week. And then I take everything, like all of the action items uh, from my positive focus and my scorecard. And I immediately either like, I'll I'll put them in different buckets of things I'm going to get done immediately that I can take action on now. And then everything else I put into my calendar and get it out. Yeah. And I calendar. So I look at my week and I know exactly what it's going to be based on priorities. Um, and and what my focus is that's amazing it's the best i love it that probably releases so much like anxiousness mm -hmm. and like stress about what's coming up because you're like i've got it all yeah right in front of me yeah it's so great that's awesome uh jen this has been absolutely amazing we could keep going but i think we're already over time uh so i want to be conscious of that um so thank you so much for showing Mm -hmm. up where what's what's up next for you and where can everybody learn more about you Mm. you can Learn more about me at Conscious Coffee and Co. Or, so ConsciousCoffee.co. Um, you can check out my Instagram. That's not very active, but I'm going to be more active. I guess that's something that's coming up. Is so check out her Instagram because we're going to force her to be more active. On yes, there. based on what I've learned from yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and that's at Jen Hootie, and Hootie is H-U-D-Y-E. And. Uh, yeah, what's coming up is like the next couple months we're really doubling down and in, in want to support um, a whole bunch of entrepreneurs in clarifying and communicating their vision going into 2022. So we have it. like a Vivid Vision retreat coming up. That's and awesome. some epic stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Everybody check it out. Jennifer Hootie on Instagram and ConsciousCopy.co uh, on the interwebs. Uh, and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, Uh, you guys are well aware that we are pre-sale available for the book Shit You Don't Learn in College. So go to sidlickbook.com to grab your pre-order. We're giving away about $3,000 worth of uh, gifts and training for everybody who gets the pre-sale. Make sure to check it out, sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. And I'll see you guys out there. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.